Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. In just a moment, Cold Canvas, written for suspense by Walter Black. Yeah? Oh, Bud, come in. Yes, sir. I uh, thought I'd better check with you before I went out, Howard. Fine, fine. Sit down. Oh, thanks. Well, this is a big day, isn't it? Well, it sure is. Well, I remember my first day in the field. I was really champing at the bit. Couldn't wait to get out there and sell all those prospects. What's on the agenda? Well, I thought maybe I'd just uh, get out and knock on some doors. Good, good. A lot of men in this business sneer at cold canvassing, but not me, bud. You can sell a lot of insurance just by going around knocking on doors. Just remember one thing. Don't be discouraged. Don't ever give up. Here, it'll probably be by a butler. Even the door chimes sound rich. Yes? Oh, good afternoon, madam. Are you the uh, mistress of this beautiful establishment? Aren't you a little fancy? I thought the phrase was lady of the house. Oh, yes, ma'am, it is usually, but someone as attractive as you with such a magnificent home deserves nothing but the best. <laughs> Whatever you're selling, you're probably very successful at it, aren't you? Well, ma'am, if I am, it's only because I'm lucky enough to have the right kind of clients. Clients? For what? Peace of mind and security, madam. This I have not heard before. This is new. All right, Mr. Bones, you've piqued my interest. Exactly what little gadget in that shiny new briefcase of yours is going to provide me with peace of mind and security? Uh, life insurance, ma'am. You should have known. Oh, now, please, ma'am, don't, don't be too hasty. Let me ask you something. When Mr., uh... uh the name is Fouché. F-O-U-C-H-E. Oh, thank you. Well, when Mr. Uh, Fouché bought you this beautiful home, he wasn't just buying lumber and bricks. He was also buying shelter and comfort. And when he bought your television set, he was buying entertainment and pleasure. Have you watched television lately? <laughs> well, but his intent was to provide pleasure. Now, wasn't it, Mrs. Fouché? So? So, a good provider doesn't just buy life insurance. He buys peace of mind for himself and security for you. I mean, in case anything should happen to him. Your elliptical phrasing is so comforting. You mean if he dies? Well, yes, ma'am. He's only 41. Well, but can he guarantee how long he's going to live? No, ma'am, no one can guarantee that. But I can guarantee that no matter what happens, whether he lives or dies, his and your future will be provided for. Life insurance, ma'am, it's the only answer. You know, we have an old saying in our business, someone always pays for life insurance, whether it's bought or not. The breadwinner pays in premiums, or the widow in privation and suffering. What's your name? Uh, Phillips. Eugene J. Phillips. My my friends call me Bud. I'll bet they do. Uh, would you care for a cup of coffee, Mr. Eugene J. Phillips? Well, if you're sure it's no trouble. I almost never go to trouble for other people, Mr. Phillips. Come on in and meet my husband. You can tell us both all about this peace of mind and security. <laughs> Well, that's uh, pretty much the story, Mr. Fouché. You're a successful businessman. I don't have to tell you the value of sound investing. Okay, okay, I get the pitch. If I drop dead, I'm worth $100,000. You want me to buy this, hun? I want you to do what you feel is right. How much does 100000 cost? 
Uh, let me see now. Uh, with a double indemnity in the event of accidental death, uh, $3,157 annually. Out of the question, forget it. Oh, that's all right, sir. I mean, what could you conveniently afford? Uh, maybe at the outside, maybe a thousand a year. All right. Uh, when would it be convenient for you to be examined by our doctor? I haven't said yes yet. Well, no, sir, but you see, regardless of whether you put a thousand or a hundred into the plan, you're going to have to have a medical examination. So, at least, we'll find out if you can qualify. It can't hurt you to have a physical, Victor. Uh, where do I have to go to get it? Oh, uh, nowhere, sir. I'll have the doctor here at the house. Uh, house tomorrow evening around 8.30. Uh, can tomorrow. Uh, make it Friday. All right, sir. Friday at 8.30. Now, if you'll just uh, sign this application and give me... I haven't back, definitely I'm... made up my mind yet. I don't sign papers until I'm sure I'm ready to go ahead. Well, this is just an application, sir. It doesn't bind you or the company. But you see, we must have it in order for you to be examined by the doctor. I have no intention of giving you any money tonight. Oh, you don't have to, Mr. Fouché. You can pay the first premium when the policy is issued. Now, uh, what is your exact date of birth? <laughs> just a moment, we will return for the second act of Suspense. Well, of course, he kept throwing in arguments, but I just said, uh-huh, and yes, sir, and kept right on filling out the application. Uh-huh. And when does he take his physical? Friday night. Think you'll go through with it? Oh, why, sure, Howard. Oh, don't get your hopes up too high. Well, now, this is a business of the law of averages, you told me. If I can knock off a $100,000 case every week, a lot of them are bound to stick, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, you know, I wish I'd had your spirit when I was your age. Sure, bud, you keep on knocking them off and you'll be rolling in dough. Only, don't concentrate on the big ones. It's the fives and tens that pay the freight. This... Yeah? Oh, uh, yes, yes. For you, bud. A woman. Oh, thanks. Hello? Is that Mr. Phillips? It sure is. Uh, Madeline Fouché here. Oh, yes, ma'am. About that insurance for my husband. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong, is there, ma'am? I mean, it's it's a fine policy, Mrs. Fouché. Believe me, I wouldn't have recommended now, it. don't get upset, Mr. Phillips. Mr. Fouché wants to go through with it, but after you left last night, we got to talking about it. He's figured out a way that his corporation can pay the premiums and they'll be tax-deductible. Oh, uh, yes, ma'am? So we've decided to increase the size of the policy. Oh. How much would it cost for $250,000, uh, the least expensive kind of insurance? Well, uh, uh, one second, Mrs. Fouché. Howard, look up the rate for 250000 of convertible term, age 41. What? You're kidding. I'm on the level. Um, uh, by the year, Mrs. Fouché? Oh, no, Mr. Fouché was very explicit on that point. He said monthly. Uh, yes, ma'am. Monthly. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, with double indemnity, uh, 355 even. Uh, $355 per month, uh, Mrs. Fouché. All right. Oh, uh, by the way, will this also provide for my husband's retirement? Oh, well, no, don't worry about that. We'll convert it at a later date to the right kind of plan, but meanwhile you'll be protected in the event of his premature... Uh, yes, yes, Mr. Phillips. All right, I'll put the check in the mail tonight. Uh, make it out to the company, Mrs. Fouché. Yes, and I'll mark it to your attention. Well, thank you very much. Oh, uh, don't forget that the doctor's coming on Friday. We haven't forgotten. Goodbye, Mr. Phillips. Two hundred and fifty thousand? Yeah. 
Well, I'll be a no-good, three-toed, tree-climbing South American sloth. <laughs> what did I tell you? Hey, Howard, what is my first-year commission? Fifty-five percent, you lucky boy. Fifty-five percent of three fifty-five. Now, let me see. That's uh, close to two hundred a month. Twenty-four hundred bucks for one hour's work. Oh, I think I'm going to like the insurance business. You wanted me, Howard? Yes, come on in, bud. You see the paper this morning? Oh, no, I didn't even take time out for a real breakfast. My first appointment was at 8.15, all the way on the other side of town. Why? Here. Huh? What is it? On the front page. Down at the right-hand side. Huh? Where, Howard? I, I, I don't see anything. I... Oh, no. Oh, no, it couldn't be. Yes, that's what I said when I first read it. Victor L. Fouché, 41, a local contractor residing at 11 Edgewood Terrace, was the victim of a hit-and-run accident early this morning on South Waring Boulevard. According to his wife, Fouché was on his way home from a business conference when he was struck by the speeding car. He died at Mercy Hospital without regaining consciousness. Police say no clues, early developments. Oh. One lousy monthly premium. Two thousand bucks right out the window. Oh, I guess I shouldn't say that, Howard, but... Well, I only met him that once, and after all, it was my first big case. I suppose I ought to be thinking of her. Mrs. Fouché, I mean. She is pretty rough on her. Yes, well, she'll have the money to console her. Half a million dollars can be very soothing. Hey, that's right. Double indemnity in case of accidental death. Mm -hmm. Wow. Listen, Howard, maybe it sounds crazy, but you think she could have, you know, run over him? It wouldn't be the first time. But don't worry, the company will check and double check, and then triple check. They don't just hand out all that money without really investigating. Yeah. Gee, I wish I'd been able to wangle the whole annual premium out of him first, though. Well, cheer up. There are lots more prospects where he came from. Come on, I'll buy you lunch. Mmm, that was sure a good meal, Howard. Thanks a lot. Yeah, feeling a little better now? Yeah, sure. More coffee? Uh, just a little. Uh-huh, that's, that's plenty, thanks. Now, what you've got to do now, kid, is simply forget all about Fouché and settle down to making up the difference in other policies. Yeah. Five, four or five medium-sized cases will make it all back for you. Never look back, bud. Always ahead. Well, hey, Howard. Huh? Look, over there, just coming in. Mm, it's not bad, not bad at all. That's Mrs. Fouché. Oh. And look, the guy with her. And what about him? Now, why would she be going out to lunch with some guy the day after her husband is run over? Oh, 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 don't go leaping to a lot of conclusions, son. The man could be her brother or her lawyer or her husband's lawyer. Or just somebody who's taking her out to get her mind off her troubles. No law says the widow has to go into hiding. Come on, come on, drink your coffee. I have to get back to the office. Howard, would you do me a favor? I mean, go pay a call on her later today with me. What for? Well, I, well you're more experienced about people than I am. I, I'd just like you to meet her and see what you think of her. Well, if it'll make you feel any better, okay. Besides, doesn't every day I get to meet someone as good-looking as she is? Thank <laughs> you.
In a moment, we will return for the third act of Suspense. Swanky neighborhood. Yeah, what do you see the inside of the house? Oh, Mr. Phillips. Yes, ma'am, I... I'd like you to meet my associate, uh, Mr. Rigby, Mrs. Fouché. How do you do? Hello. You've seen the paper? Yes, ma'am. I, I still don't believe it. I, only last night at supper we were discussing our vacation, and now... You must excuse me. Oh, please, please, don't apologize, ma'am. That, that's why we came, to, to offer our... Uh, condolences. That's very kind of you. I, I feel so, so lost. If it weren't for my husband's lawyer, Roger Whittier, I, I don't know what I'd do. He even insisted on taking me out to lunch today to get my mind up. What did I tell you? Yeah, we won't bother you anymore, Mrs. Fouché. If there's anything we can do, just let us know. Come on, bud. Uh, would you like to come in for a moment? No, ma'am, no. We wouldn't dream of imposing. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, Howard, what do you think? She's a fine woman taking it like a soldier. Like I said, Bud, you're leaping to a lot of wrong conclusions. Oh, uh, Mr. Phillips. Uh, I uh, hope I'm not interrupting anything. Oh, no, I was just doing my supper dishes. This is the maiden night out. I, I just thought... Well, it's been almost three weeks now, and I, I was passing by, and, well, I thought maybe there was something I could do to help. Well, that's very kind of you, Mr. Phillips, but really, there isn't anything. All right, ma'am. But now that you've stopped, why don't you come in for a moment? Oh, are you sure it's all right? Perfectly all right. Thank you. Uh, won't you come into the living room? Are we alone? No, there's a spy from your insurance company under the piano. <laughs> of course we're alone. You get the check. It's already deposited, Angel. $500,000. I keep saying it over and over again. The most beautiful words in the English language. And no one's been around. You mean to investigate? No, not since right after the accident. Oh, you know what that means, baby? We are in the clear. Nobody's got a thing to go on. We're in the clear. Well, I never thought we wouldn't be, Angel. No, I can't wait much longer for you. Sneaking in and out like this has been driving me crazy. Me too, darling. When do we go? Well, I've got to pick up a good story for Rigby. Something that'll give us two or three weeks head start. Maybe a vacation. And then we just take off from Mexico and from there down to South America. But what if they suspect us? Oh, let them. We'll be long gone. And we'll be where they can't extradite us either. You've gotten rid of the car. Yes, sir. Tripped it down in my own garage and sold it for junk piece by piece. Don't you worry, baby. We've got it made. I'm not worried, as long as I have you. Now, look, I'll uh, call you tomorrow or the next day. Just hold tight. Yes, sir. So long, gorgeous. Take care, my angel. Go on to bed. I'll let myself out. Uh, good night, Mrs. Fouché. If there's anything else Mr. Rigby or I can do for you, please, just say the word. Hurry up, Roger. He's gone. Just now. Where are your bags? Already in the car. Okay, let's get going, on Back doors. But what about your bags? I'll buy what I need in Mexico. The sooner we're across the border, the better. 
we picked a good night, Madeline. Pitch black. Come on. The garage doors are already open. Mm, you thought of everything. Gas tank full. I thought of everything, Mother. You got <laughs> Are you thinking the same thing I am? You're stewed. <laughs> yes. Dear Mr. Eugene J. Phillips. Oh, what a job you must have done on him. And uh, so he calls you when? Tomorrow or the next day. And you're gone, and what can he do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's left <laughs> holding a big, empty bag. Well, he couldn't go to the police. And walk into the gas chamber for murder? Mm-mm. Anyway, give us one week and who cares? There's no extradition where we're going. That's funny. He mentioned that, too. No, it only goes to show that he's a very intelligent stooge. <laughs> uh, tell me something. Is this a private joke, or can I get in on it? Oh, who the... It, it's Bob! Yeah, well, just call me stooge for short. How are you, Mr., uh, Mr. Whittier, isn't it? You said he'd fallen for it. Well, she thought I had, didn't you, Madeline, you lovely little double-crosser? Well, now, Bud, listen to me, darling. You won't believe this, but I... You're right, I won't believe it, so save your breath, Angel. You got a gun? Mr. Whittier, you're a lawyer. You know the penalty for carrying a deadly weapon. I don't need a gun. That's where you're wrong. Oh, no, Mr. Whittier. You see, I have a lawyer, too, and I left a letter with him. If he doesn't get a phone call or a cable from me every three days, he gives the letter to the police. They may not be able to extradite us for Fouché's murder, but they wouldn't be too happy about one committed right under their noses, now would they? You, you can. Other way around, Angel. I figured you were planning something, so I just took some natural precautions. Roger, we've got to kill him before we reach Mexico. Oh, sure. Take a chance on being seen. And what do we do with the body? Take it with us? Mm, he's right, Angel. You see, between here and the border, it's, it's kind of open. Pretty well traveled, too. So why don't you just relax? Even after I take my third, you and Clarence Darrow there still have 333,000 bucks left, and that's not hay. Shut up. Such poor sportsmanship. Oh, well. I think I'll take a little nap back here. To the border, James. Si, senor. Well, we've just come across the border, my friend, and we're celebrating. Bueno, senor. See, my two friends here are on their honeymoon, and I'm the best man, and we're all going on the trip together. You, you joke, senor. <laughs> yeah, I joke. Uh, three double scotch. Si, senor. Now, don't look so grouchy, you two. Think of all the fun we're going to have together. Why, who knows? Maybe I can sell old Roger here a nice, bad insurance policy, and then Madeline can run him down. Well, a thought, anyway, isn't it? What's the matter, Angel? What are you staring for? I guess she's surprised to see me, bud. <laughs> Howard. How did you? Wasn't too hard, kid. You weren't quite as smart as you thought. Don't bother, Mrs. Boucher. The police have the place surrounded. Okay, Captain Gomez. But I'm sorry for you. I tried to tell you it was the small cases that paid off, but you were too greedy. <laughs> to Cold Canvas, written for suspense by Walter Black. In a moment, the names of our players and a word about next week's story of suspense. <laughs> <laughs> 
Heard in tonight's story were William Redfield as Bud Phillips, Ginger Jones as Madeline Fouché, Les Damon as Howard Rigby, and Guy Rapp as Victor Fouché. Listen again next week when we return with Endgame by David Carp. Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense.